Thank you for listening to Spiritual Teachings with Shunyamurti, recorded live at the Sat Yoga Ashram in Costa Rica. To join us for a life-changing meditation retreat, or to make a donation to support this transformational work, please visit our website, www.satyoga.org. To access more teachings or guided meditations from Shunyamurti, please visit the members section of our website or our YouTube channel, Sat Yoga Institute. Namaste. To sustain life as a human community, we require fearless beings. And so all of the cultural rites and rituals of ancient and even up to the medieval time were focused on achieving fearlessness. Because if you do not have at least a core of people capable of functioning fearlessly, you will fall apart the moment there is an attack or an epidemic or a storm or some other adverse circumstance that will cause people to melt down into hysterical puddles of terror. And society cannot last if you have people like that running the show, which today we do. And so all the various rites of passage were there to help us get rid of our weaknesses and become true beings, true men, true women, capable of undergoing the ordeals that life entails. When people come to learn to meditate or say they have difficulty in meditating, they generally want some technique or some magic mantra or some fairy dust poured over them to help them quiet their mind. It doesn't work like that. The reason people can't meditate is fear. And to become a true meditator, one needs moral strength because meditation is undergoing the great death. In the ancient and the classical world, one of the central practices was the ritual slaughter of the firstborn son of every family, but particularly the royal family. The son, not the daughter. And it was this practice that empowered the community to retain fearlessness. A shift happened 
in those biblical times with Abraham, where you remember he was told by God to sacrifice his son Isaac, and at the last minute God relented. Technically, that was the end of that age for that set of people. And from that moment on, they became inhabited by fear. And they also shifted the rite of passage of circumcision, which was the Brit, Tamilah. This was the core covenantal act from taking place just before puberty to taking place eight days after birth, where it loses all of its significance and is simply an infantile trauma that creates proto-affects later in life, but has no benefit in terms of a rite of passage. It's not that Isaac should have been slaughtered, and I'm not recommending the human sacrifice. But the point of it was, if you're willing to kill that which you value most, which was the son, the daughters they didn't need to kill because they didn't value the daughters so much, but the one that you would have put all of your love into, that you would have turned into a spoiled brat if he had lived, and that you would have identified with and you would have enjoyed vicariously remaining a spoiled brat while taking care of him, which is the dysfunctional family system in a nutshell today, could not take place because of that sacrifice. And all of the children who were born after that, it didn't matter because they had gone through the mourning of that great loss. They treated the other children with more neutrality so there would not be an overvaluation of the child. This must be understood by us psychologically that if we are going to meditate It requires, before anything else, the slaughter of your inner child. The sacrifice of the spoiled brat who makes demands, who wants jouissance, who wants to get everything he wants and doesn't care about anyone else. The narcissistic child. The child who still wants the breast of the mother and to lie in the mother's bed and to not go to school and to not grow up. The Peter Pan. If you don't kill off that child, you won't get anywhere in your spiritual development. Don't even bother to try to meditate. That has to be the initial act, your initiation into the discovery of who you are is the killing off of that child signifier and image that represents the site of your weakness. And your attachment and dependency on others and your fear of life as much as fear of death. And if you don't kill it off, you're always going to be, no matter how old you get, a child afraid of the dark. 
a child afraid of letting go of mommy, a child afraid of the unknown, afraid of the infinite, afraid of yourself. But that act cannot even happen initially until there is an adult there able to kill the child and take over and who can subsume into itself the qualities of beauty and creativity and innocence of the child. There is goodness in the child, but the child in its initial natural form cannot allow those goodness qualities to emerge because they're covered over by its own fear. And so the other archetype that you find in all of the ancient and classical societies is the worship of the archetype of the divine child. You even read it in Nietzsche. He says there are three transformational phases to a human life. First, you become a camel and go out in the desert full of all the baggage of your society and you resolve all of its neurotic issues and you deal with that and you you go out there fasting without any water and you realize that you can make it on your own and then the camel transforms into a lion and roars and unafraid can now express its truth that is not dependent on society's indoctrinations anymore. And only then, after it's gone through the lion phase, it metamorphoses into a child, a divine child. But that divine child can only be born after the original natural child image has died and been transformed through all of these processes of growth and inner development. And then you will become pregnant and give birth to the divine child. That's the meaning of the virgin birth of Christ or of Buddha or of Krishna or of so many others. The virgin birth is an archetype that is throughout the world. It's not something the Christians have a monopoly on. It was there with Isis and Osiris. These things must not be taken historically, but archetypally. And so it is an ordeal of inner truth that must be faced, in which you do not indulge the weaknesses of the child's psychology and put an end to that sad phase of life that has caused all of the neurotic suffering of the soul. And it doesn't matter whether you had a happy childhood or a traumatic childhood or a mixture of both. The fact of holding on to that trauma is still a sign of the weakness and fear of growing up. Pay the bill. You faced traumas in childhood, so be it. You deserved it. It's your karma. Stop being a victim. 
Accept it. That's life. Stop trying to put the blame on others. They may have deserved the blame for doing it. Accept that, but then forgive. Forgive and go on to higher things rather than staying trapped in victimhood or in wanting to rescue the other who is your own inner child from their traumas and in proxy trying to save yourself from those witch parents, those ogres, those monsters that now get demonized as enemies out there in the world. That's what creates all our wars, all our militarism. It's done by people who have never killed their own inner child and project the demon parents onto the Muslims or the communists or whoever and then righteously can kill them off. Or the other way around. The Islamists obviously do the same if they're the fanatic variety. But that fanaticism comes out of fear. doesn't come out of power. And so to gain real power, we must eliminate the inner sense of powerlessness and victimhood as well as the demand to be taken care of. It's then that the mind has the capacity to become silent because it's the child's rage and the child's desires and demands and the child's temper tantrums that are interfering with meditation. It's even the child's hopes. And that's why at the beginning of all classical epics, like Dante's Inferno, to go into the Inferno, which is the first stage of facing the shadow, the sign is written, Abandon all hope, ye who enter here. Because hope is childish. It's wishing for things to be different and better rather than making them better. We have to give up wishing and hoping and claim the power to accept things as they really are and make them better by making the self into its true essence without alloy, without pollution, without contamination, without loss of self into the desire of approval by the other. Without this psychological step, nothing further can be done. If you don't kill off the child first, you can't even face the real shadow. You can't enter the labyrinth and get to the minotaur, let alone deal with all of those other stages that have to be dealt with before you get to paradiso.
We live in a society today that worships that child instead of killing it. It encourages not only the spoiling of the child, but the hypersexualization of the child, which actually steals its childhood away but creates an artificial, premature adulthood. Because the parents are still children, they want their children to be their friends rather than their children whom they can teach and raise. And they make their children into confidants, if not incestuous lovers. And that causes the child to falsely believe that they are already adults and reject adulthood as being phony and reject ever growing up and losing rights they should never have been granted in the first place. And so if we want to discover our real self, we must let go of the past and the images that are tied to the past and its enjoyments during that time when we were still irresponsible so that we can become responsible now for our own lives and live intelligent lives, mature lives, lives that are meaningful and reach fulfillment rather than devastation and despair. Many lives today end up in suicide because the soul had not killed off its inner child. At a moment of weakness and adversity, it could not face its own inner conflicts. And it copped out through physical death. And there are people who want to die on the battlefield and think that's some glorious achievement or die as martyrs to others because they cannot face the requirement of becoming true to the self. They'll even die for causes they don't even believe in in order to have the appearance of being a hero rather than becoming real heroes. So spirituality is something very serious. It's not a game. It's not a hobby. It's not something you do on weekends. It's not just a meditation retreat. It's about self-transformation. And if you're just going to play at that game as something else that's a childish activity, it will get you nowhere. Thank you for listening to the Spiritual Teachings with Shunyamurti podcast. For more information on programs and retreats, click on the calendar section of our website, www.satyoga.org Our work is made possible by the generous support of our listeners, viewers, and members. To make a donation, please visit the donate page of our website 
We thank you for your support in our mission to share this timeless wisdom with the world. Namaste.